0: This is BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast where a wife and her husband get each other the worst books they can find.
1: For this episode of BiblioVile, I read Kiss of the Spindle, A Steampunk Sleeping Beauty by Nancy Campbell Allen, and Nick read Bad Blood by Jennifer Lynn
0: Barnes. Some assassins. Welcome to BiblioVile, the terrible book exchange podcast. My name is Mick Dickinson. And
1: I'm Susan Dickinson. And we
0: are back here once again, hopefully not shouting into the microphones. It turns out, Susan, you are right this time about not needing to project as much. I'm used to our bad microphone, and it turns out this is a good microphone.
1: I know how to use good microphones. I know how to modulate my voice for it to pick up on an actual good microphone.
0: Just not bad microphones. Yeah, just not bad microphones. Okay, that makes sense.
1: It's all Uh, about the quality.
0: We are, I think it's about the quantity of microphones. You need (laughs) a a very high number of microphones, don't you? Oh, man. No, I
1: think I'm really used to having like a little headset mic so that I don't really have to talk loud at all. It's right there in front of my face, like Britney Spears.
0: Yeah, free Britney. Also, I hope that there's somebody out there that is a Propeller Heads fan that caught my reference. to. Uh,
1: presumably, for something like that, you'd be using a, a very large number of microphones, wouldn't you?
0: Uh, but in either case, we are back here once again with uh, some bad books. This time, I do believe we got both of ours from the library.
1: We did uh, I, indeed. once
0: again, keep getting you physical books because I seem to be uh, unable to actually find you uh, digital library books
1: Well, you did find me a digital library book for next time. You found it several months ago, and I've had a hold for it ever since, but it is supposed to arrive in my Kindle tomorrow.
0: Ooh, what good timing. It
1: is called The Roommate, and I am interested to see how it goes because it looks like it's going to be a really bad book, and the cover looks like it's late 80s teen lit,
0: all according to plan. But it's
1: been, like, it's been. so many people have had it on hold that it took me that long to get it, then it must be pretty good.
0: Is it? Huh. Yeah, right. And
1: I suppose <laughs> Twilight books were on hold for a really long time, too. Shots fired, Lauren. Lauren was the one who wants me to get you a Twilight book. She wanted me to make you read Midnight Sun for the podcast, which is the newest Twilight book. It is a retelling of the first Twilight book from edward's perspective
0: oh great so we get to see the control yeah um midnight sun won't you i almost said midnight sins and not midnight sun i probably i bet most people want us to do that again it's fine i read 69 pages of 50 shades of gray i get the whole twilight thing totally Um, but we're not here to talk about 50 shades of gray thank goodness uh we are here to talk about kiss of the spindle a steampunk sleeping beauty story so tell me about kiss de la spindle
1: Mick, not only did you get me a steampunk sleeping beauty story... Which
0: let's just, like, stop and analyze that cellar door quality genre we've got there.
1: You got me a steampunk sleeping beauty story with shifters in it. Woo! (laughs) My first note that I took right away was, oh good, there
0: are shifters. I um, I detect some facetiousness in your voice when it's been a long time since I've read a book with any shifters in it.
1: It Honestly, yes. I feel like for a while it was all shifter books, so we just started to assume it. Um, but would you like to hear the description of our protagonist's best friend?
0: Is in Sleeping Beauty's best friend? Yes. Yes.
1: Hazel was the sort of woman who turned heads and didn't realize it. She was the most kind-hearted person I knew. That's what I makes you beautiful. And had been since childhood. Her natural beauty radiated from within and manifested itself comfortably in her pretty features and curled tresses. Mick, what does this woman look like?
0: She's got She's pretty and she has curled tresses.
1: And can you tell me anything about... Height, build, skin color, facial features, um, uh, eye color, anything, anything I ha- here?
0: If I had to guess, I'd uh, say, she's insecure. She's with a- her. I can't think of the rest of these.
1: Oh, this. oh, oh, yes. The One Direction. Sorry, it took me a minute to figure out what you were going with there, yeah. but I was trying. Baby, hey, bet- you light
0: up my world like nobody else. I get kissed by a spindle and curl tress. It's a slant rhyme. Um, I don't know. She's naturally beautiful. I assume she has brown hair because her name is Hazel.
1: Just a useless description. Hazel really isn't much of a character in this book, so I don't oh. know why we spent so much time on page three talking about... <laughs> it's your
0: book report, anything. Susan. Um,
1: so this story follows Dr. Isla Cooper, mm. who is Cursed. And I'm going to tell you, Mick, about Dr. Isla Cooper's curse. This is the worst thing that's ever happened to her. It's ruining her life. Every night at the stroke of midnight, she falls into a deep sleep from which she cannot be awakened for six hours. And at oh, 6 a.m. I wish. She wakes up. And that's the curse.
0: Oh, man, the curse of a solid sleep schedule sounds so amazing.
1: And so... We, we finally get about a third of the way into the book. We start to understand why this is such a problem for her.
0: Because she's originally from a different part of the world, and so midnight, the stroke of midnight in that different part of the world is like noon?
1: Um, No, it's because shifters only shift between the hours of midnight and 6 a.m. around the three days surrounding the full moon, and she's a doctor who specifically works with predatory shifters. And so the fact that she has to be asleep during this time makes it so that she can not do her job but we don't have that explained to us until a third of the way through the book so for the whole first third of the book i'm like why the fuck do we care i want this curse i want to not wake up at all
0: i sleep through work all the time
1: midnight and six o'clock
0: what what do predatory shifters need from a good doctor
1: well she's an empath and so she can calm them and help them regain control of their senses during their shift great uh, so, also, the curse has an expiration date. After one year, she will fall asleep forever.
0: Well, that's not great. That's just death.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and so she is trying desperately to find the witch who cursed her, whose name is Malette. Okay. Uh, which is very confusing for me because the word Maleta in Spanish means suitcase. So every time I saw it, I kept thinking suitcase. She's on a trip. The suitcase witch. So she's trying to find the suitcase which and in order Polish to folktale. get down to po- Port Lucy, which is in the Caribbean, she has to blackmail her way onto the private airship of Daniel Pickett.
0: Mm. Daniel
1: Pickett is actually a very wealthy businessman, but he's also a smuggler and he helps smuggle. Predatory shifters from England down to the Caribbean because there's a committee that's trying to lock up all the predatory shifters in jail. And so this Daniel Pickett tries to help them by bringing them down to the Caribbean. So what? So they can. But one of the guys on the committee, whose name is Nigel Crow, who is a government official determined to hunt down and exterminate every shapeshifter in England, also blackmails his way onto Daniel Pickett's airship. So the airship now contains Dr. Isla Cooper. Daniel Pickett, who's the rich businessman slash smuggler, who we also find out owns the entire island of Port Lucy in the Caribbean. Nigel, who uh, is trying to round up and arrest all the predatory shifters, and then three predatory shifters.
0: Sounds like a time to murder that guy. It's
1: gonna be a great vacation.
0: Um. So is this more of an island of Dr. Moreau situation, where they're going to an island like a leper colony, or is it like let's get you out of England so you can go hunt, you know, those dusky people in the Caribbean, sort of racism?
1: No, definitely not the second one. They they took particular care to not have it be the second one, but it, it. it is. So, Dr. Isla Cooper, who I want to keep saying Isla Fisher. <laughs> yeah,
0: writer of Bewitched.
1: Um, we watched her in a movie the other night. Yeah. So, Dr. Isla Fisher uh is a um is an empath and a, a shifter psychologist. You know, and I- so she helps to sort out the good shifters from the bad shifters, the ones who are a danger to society are going to be locked up, but the ones who are not a danger to society, she helps to to get them out of I thought England. thought you said this
0: book wasn't racist. So
1: that they can... And then helps their families get out of England so that they can all be together down in the Caribbean.
0: Now, I have a particular problem with the empath thing because it's very obvious to everybody who is... That shifters aren't real. They're not a real thing that Correct. exists. But you would not believe the number of people who are like, oh, I'm, I'm like sort of kind of an empath. And it's like, no, you just... You're a person and a social creature. You feel feelings for people.
1: Yeah, I also feel like a lot of the people that I've seen post things about being an empath are the mean girls who bullied me in high school. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. You're fine. Calm down, Stephanie.
0: Ugh, Stephanie. Um, puta. <laughs> so they murder him on the way over.
1: Uh, no, they don't. He turns out to be a good guy, of course. It's a whole thing. I have a couple quotes that I'm going to read to you because this book is very all over the place um it also would be if i had my way (laughs) (laughs) okay so this is a description of our main character dr cooper finished her primary degree in shifter studies in two years rather than the customary four Aided by her natural abilities as an empath, she then earned an advanced degree in shifter behavior and physiology and became a doctor of shifter therapy, rehabilitation, that's and a human gimme relations. Cor- that's a
0: gimme course.
1: And she is, after finishing an advanced degree, the ripe old age of 25. So she's young and hot and professional and experienced, and wouldn't you know it,
0: she's Daniel insecure. Pickett's,
1: Daniel Pickett's going to fall in love with her. He's
0: the captain right yeah guy. he is
1: um the best part is that both of our protagonists dr isla fisher and uh daniel pickett uh both have tempers so bad that they are constantly having to refrain themselves from killing people so that's something that i love in a romance it makes novel. For a great
0: romance it
1: really does um she describes pickett as irascible, impatient, and arrogant. And I don't understand why those are the three required traits of every man in every romance novel.
0: Because he's got to be hard to get. If he's communicative and helpful and an empath, then there's no story because then they just sort of get along and fall in love.
1: At one point, I know that's what I want to read. I want to read a story about nice people getting along and falling in love. Well,
0: that's why you wrote one.
1: That's why I'm living one. no it's a at day after point,
0: Valentine's Day season. At yeah. one
1: point, they're having a conversation and she sighs silently. And I'm trying to figure out what that looks like. Isn't that just a
0: shrug? Just a <laughs> drawn out shrug? <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so we figure out eventually that the, the sleep thing, the curse, is a problem because the shifting hours line up with her curse. So she Ooh. can't do her job. Is
0: it that secretly she shifts into like a sloth?
1: No, she's cursed. She actually, like, it's almost like she dies. She only breathes once every 30 seconds. She turns cold and blue. Um, Anyone who sees her in that state would think that she was dead.
0: So she's a dolphin or a whale.
1: Yeah. So she winds up having to tell Daniel Pickett about the curse. And then the three shifters, who were all really nice guys, she tells them about the curse, too, because they're all trying to protect each other from Nigel Crow. Um,
0: Daniel, my captain <laughs> you are, are smuggling me
1: <laughs> do um, you
0: still shift at night they
1: run into bad weather and so they wind up having to touch down on like a random island uh because they don't want to be on the ship during the shifting time oh the
0: human oh and I so the storm. they
1: do that and then they eventually get to port lucy And it turns out, here's the big twist, that I love that you gasped before I even said what the big twist was. Or was that a yawn?
0: No, it was a gasp. Here's the big twist.
1: (gasps) So, the big twist is that the witch who cursed, what's her name? Isla. The witch who cursed Isla Fisher. Her mom. Millette. Millette the suitcase witch is not her mom but is the mom of Nigel Crow the government man who hates shifters but it turns out he doesn't actually hate shifters he's just been pretending to hate shifters but his brother was a shifter and he was a bad shifter and he killed a bunch of people so Isla had him put away and so the witch cursed Isla because the one that Isla had put away was her favorite son and she told Nigel who's her least favorite son she doesn't actually like him told him to make sure that she didn't find a cure for the curse and so he was following her to try to prevent her from getting to Millette but then he didn't want her to get to Millette because he decided that she was a good person and he didn't want her to die so he was trying to get to Millette so he could stop Millette and try to uncurse Isla before Millette could kill Isla
0: Alright audience I want you to imagine that during that I was just sort of (laughs) staring about the ceiling in the room and desperately wishing that you were here in this room for me to kind of connect eyes with and be like oof
1: yeah. I had to read it.
0: Well, okay.
1: You didn't tell me I should have done a better job describing the plot line. No, I
0: should have done a worse job reading.
1: <laughs> there was some heavy skimming. So it turns out that um, Millette is a shifter. She's a witch. And guess what she shifts into? A bat. Okay, that was what a lot of them guessed. They guessed that she was going to shift She'd into a in really a big bat. suitcase
0: or a <laughs> spider. <laughs> no,
1: the suitcase witch shifts into a dragon
0: Now she shifts into a dragon. You are telling me that this was a bad book cuz it sounds pretty bonkers.
1: It was pretty bonkers. Parts of it the the dragon part was fun. Um so she shifts into a dragon. Are there
0: other dragons or is this like the no, only one?
1: It seems like she's the only one.
0: Hmm. That's so. what makes her beautiful. <laughs>
1: Suitcase witch. You
0: would, you, would not, makes you, you would not actually believe how many uh, details I'm picking up that are come between our books. Oh no,
1: that's scary. Mine
0: doesn't have dragons in it.
1: So they are running around trying not to get caught by the suitcase dragon. They are trying to find her spell book, which they hope contains the antidote for the curse. And they are trying to kill the dragon. So eventually, all of these things happen. They kill the dragon. They find the spell book, but one of the ingredients for reversing the spell is a true love's kiss. And wouldn't you know it, Dr. Isla Fisher is so focused on her career that she hasn't had time for lust. And so that's why Millette wrote that into the cure because she knew that there would never be a cure because Isla would never find true love. Now, let me
0: get this clear. Millette wrote the cure she chose what would cure the curse correct moon rocks
1: yeah like making it something well she that's what she thought she did she thought she made it something impossible Yeah, but
0: moon rocks or lava
1: nope true love's kiss and so as they vanquish the dragon and find the cure isla falls asleep because ah. it's midnight And they're like, well, this was the last day. She's going to be asleep forever. And in that moment, Daniel Pickett realizes that he is in love with her. And so he kisses her and nothing happens. And then like an hour later, because it takes some time for the cure to work, she finally wakes up. So they're <laughs> true loves, and they wind up getting married, and they're going to be together forever, but he promises her that she can still have her career, and then they both because get... he wouldn't have wanted to marry a boring woman anyway.
0: Then they both get yellow fever and die, since they're in the Caribbean. Uh, yeah, they're like in England. the swamps yeah. of the Caribbean. Yeah, so they start bleeding and puking and they all die. Yeah. Take that! Avengers um, of the New World, indeed.
1: So that was the quick and dirty steampunk sleeping beauty. But what I want to spend some time with are the discussion questions. Oh, wasn't
0: there a twist at the very end that you were telling me about?
1: It was the dragon. Oh. Okay. That was that was the thing.
0: Wasn't it like several pages away from the end? You were like, oh. or was that the the dragon well, still? Let
1: me see. No, that wasn't several pages away from the I end. I thought
0: there was like a last minute switcheroo that you were furious at. Hmm. Was it that she didn't wake up and then she woke up? I'm talking about, like, the last couple pages. I know, I
1: know, I know. We might have to cut this out.
0: I didn't like Hamilton. I don't want to see it. This is where I confess all of my evil secrets about myself. Um, I'm cooling on IPAs as a beer. I used to love them a lot. I, I actually prefer very boring beers now over fancy, flavorful ones, it seems like. Because sometimes you just want a drink that tastes like sitting down, you know? Like a drink that feels like you're taking your belt off.
1: Oh, okay. So now I remembered. It wasn't a twist. It was just something really annoying that happened in the end. The three of them, so the shifters wind up staying down in the Caribbean. Isla, Daniel, and Nigel, the bad guy who killed his mom. They all take the airship back to England together and it's supposed to be this like a nice little vacation and they all like Crash. dance together oh. and have nice meals together and it's just so stupid um and then of course there's lots of kissing between Daniel all three. and Isla oh. um and he says things like I cherish the day you bullied your way into my life and she says the smartest thing i've ever done in my life was threaten you with exposure of your nefarious deeds it's just dumb and so then uh crow nigel crow who killed his mom uh as an agent of the crown is authorized to marry them so they wind up getting married by the villain on the airship on the way home do they do it Probably Cons- consummate the marriage. We don't get any consummation. In a details. in a, a
0: skyboat, airboat, is it like a Zeppelin or is it like a boat with balloons?
1: It's like a boat with balloons.
0: <laughs> um how much force do you think you need to make before it started rocking on its balloons?
1: <laughs> we unfortunately don't get any details about the consummation, but we do get discussion
0: questions. Nice. Let's let's talk this out. I've done a lot of thinking about it.
1: Okay. Make the origins of the Sleeping Beauty fairy tale date back to 1697.
0: No, they don't. They Why date does back far this further particular
1: story have such lasting appeal? What elements of the fairy tale are present in Kiss of the Spindle? Where do the two stories converge? Well, Nigel winds up stabbing his dragon suitcase mom with a spindle. That's,
0: do you think dragon suitcases it. are like an expensive luxury in other world? like alligator purses are here
1: yeah they're made they're like made of really thick leather with scales yeah yeah steampunk is a specific genre that blends a classic setting with steam-powered or gear-powered technology what other steampunk novels have you read what was your favorite steampunk invention that's a that's a A hat with gears on it um let's see
0: what sort of book club is this being read at? I don't at?
1: know. Isla and Nigel have an antagonistic working relationship at the beginning of the novel. Though by the end, they have found more common ground. Yeah. Have you ever sex. worked with someone who was hard to get along with? How were you able to resolve your differences? No, Nigel's not the one she has sex with. He's the villain.
0: Oh. Um, then listen. no, I don't have any other.
1: <laughs> this was my favorite one. Isla, Daniel, Lewis, and Nigel literally slay a dragon at the end of the story. What kinds of dragons have you had to slay in your life?
0: I did have a suitcase that was named dragon.
1: <laughs> I had a dragon named suitcase.
0: That's what the lady was. That La was...
1: Malette. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Let's go on then. That
1: was, st- I am considering. Vacatione. I am considering getting you another book from this series because this is a series called A Proper Romance. So I'm assuming there are other steampunk-
0: I prefer Novels. a priori romances.
1: Or maybe they're not all. Oh, they must all be steampunk because we have Beauty and the Clockwork Beast.
0: A robot. Yeah.
1: My Fair Gentleman, and the Secret of the India Orchid. That sounds, that sounds like, it's like the be spy book that I read
0: that I didn't not I didn't hate. Oh yeah. It's probably Aladdin or The King and I.
1: Mm, yeah. So yeah, it was. There were parts of it that were fun. Um, like how the the witch turned out to be a dragon shifter, but there were parts of it that were unspeakably lame. Like how they got married by the villain on the airship in the end.
0: When it's the captain of the ship that traditionally has the power to marry mm-hmm. people, but I don't think he can marry himself. No. The patient was his son, so.
1: <laughs> um, I'm going to be honest, Mick, I don't even remember what I got you.
0: You got me. <laughs> not just for valentine's day but for this book club two big naturals <laughs> yeah i did you, you got me the naturals book four in the series and if i'm not mistaken book four of four
1: i love that i, I love that for me
0: I, t- I it's called bad blood four.
1: Oh yeah 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 okay this had a <laughs> chess piece on the cover
0: yes bad but bad blood colon bad blood bad blood colon four parentheses the naturals which it should be the naturals for colon bad blood yeah but whatever so i took no notes during this because it's the fourth out of i'm assuming four books and i couldn't make fucking heads or tails (laughs) of any of it
1: i i found this in what i assumed to or what i took to be the like teen lit section of ebooks is it teen lit yep okay how do you feel about that
0: and i don't well that's a complicated question because i fucking hated it i know that But this is teen lit, written for teenagers. And it does get to this sort of vibe that teenagers have that everything is incredibly momentous and uh, important. And it is entirely overwrought at every single moment. But that's what teens tend to be. That is
1: what being a teenager is.
0: Yeah, except that every single person in it is secretly one of the worst people in the world. Mm. There is a... Uh, Lovecraft level secret society of serial killers, <laughs> and everybody has special powers. So and our big main, naturals. our main character is Cassie. Uh, she has the special power of uh, profiling, which, as this racial book, racial profiling, yeah, just like most of the other people in the FBI, <laughs> she's with. Uh, no, she is supposed to get into the mind of the serial killer she's hunting, and basically
1: so, telekinesis.
0: No, or like no she's, telepathy. No, she's like explaining how they feel and why they do what they do, and she can really read them. And what this takes the shape of in the book is making wild assumptions about people and having them turn out to be right. Cool. It also takes the form of having our main character explicitly explain the motivations and driving factors behind every other character's decisions and dialogue. So there you go. That
1: sounds really annoying. There you go,
0: teens. You don't have to think about why the... Oh, all of them have suffered some sort of either physical, sexual, or social uh, abuse. Everyone has a terrible past.
1: Why? Um, Why does that need to be a thing in every book? You can make your characters interesting without giving them trauma.
0: And so she basically, it's like, why does the kid who comes from an abusive household always make people mad at him? Well, you just, she always does her profiling in the second person, which is fucking gross. It's disgusting. I hated do you reading it.
1: Hate second person more than you hate first person present.
0: Yeah, I mean, an entire book shouldn't be written in second person.
1: I have once read an entire book that was read in second per- that was written in second person.
0: Wow, that sounds awful. Um, but she will always be like, "You, you really are looking for. If you can't uh, be sure what will set people off, then you want to make sure you do it." And she'll just say that in italics. Uh, in her mind, and we get to read it. It's like, okay, thank you. Uh, there are f- five teenagers as part of the Big Naturals program. <laughs> uh, and then there's apparently like 12 FBI agents that I never figured out who the hell they were because this is book four, so they're just like Sterling, Starman, Briggs...
1: So are the teenagers are the FBI?
0: They, they work for free for the FBI. And I'm like, bro, that's like three different kinds of child labor here.
1: Yeah, they can't do that. They don't get
0: paid. Um, so there's Cassie, who is a a natural at uh, profiling. And so, uh, well, she has a boyfriend, Dean, whose dad is the serial killer they caught and some other book, and so he's fucked up because his dad made him watch to prep him to be the serial killer. Jesus. Uh, yeah, I didn't know
1: that was a, a position that you handed down.
0: Yeah, well. <laughs> Divine
1: right of serial killers.
0: Just wait. Uh, and then, so they go into, like, this crime scene and start making wild assumptions about the crime scene. Like, there's a mess on the floor. You must have been. I must have been. And then they take on the roles, and she always takes on the victim role, and he takes on the unsub, which is just the... Suspect, I don't know what it yeah. means, uh, role. And so it's like, I would want to scare you. I made a mess. I was very frightened. And, I, and it's like, shut the fuck up. And it's really annoying. Uh, and then there's Leah, who, uh, this is written, each of the five teenagers in the FBI's naturals program had a specialty. Mine was profiling. Leah Zhang's was deception detection. It's, she She knows when she people can are lying. tell her, yeah. And... The reason she can tell why people are lying is that she grew up in a big terrible cult uh, where her mother basically like left her behind because she was in this big terrible cult and so Leah knew how to lie and read lies and so she never tells the truth. She's always lying about something and when she lets out a truth it's like this big thing. Then there's Sloane who is of course an autistic savant. Of uh, course. that has every That's single problematic weird statistic ever existing whether she uh needs has any explanation as to having it or not uh she tells the woman that they meet at one point in the book trying to pretend to be psychic uh how many shingles she got replaced on her roof and it's like hey 467 is a lot of things to count and sh- sure if we're in the fantasy world maybe you did but you didn't see the fucking back of the house there bud yeah it just doesn't make sense. And then there's Michael, who can tell what people are feeling, uh, and he's the one who provokes everybody. Is he an
1: empath? Basically,
0: more or less. And the the two profilers are in a relationship together. And then the one who always knows what you're uh, if you're lying or not, and the one who knows what you're feeling are in a relationship, and they're awful, and it's bad. Uh, buh, buh, buh. ten weeks, that was how long we'd been looking for a lead, any lead, no matter how small, on the cabal of serial killers who'd faked my mother's death nearly six years earlier. The group Jesus. that had held her captive ever since. So, yeah, Cassie's mom is both the captive and the leader of a cabal of serial killers that I didn't bother to take the time of, uh, figuring out what in the fuck they were talking about with this whole ritual thing where there's... Something about Fibonacci dates that I'll get to in a hot second that they only kill on certain days and in certain ways. And each one of them has a preferred serial killing and they find their replacements. And so it's this big long thing. And her mom is both captured by them, but also dictates to them. It's very stupid.
1: Wait, how does that make any sense? I don't know. If she dictates to them, why can't she dictate to them to let her go? Because
0: then they don't take her word for it. I don't know. She has to say what they want her to say and then it counts. I don't fucking know. So... To begin with, there's a wild goose chase, which is always a great way to begin your book with a wild goose chase of a strange character we don't know. Uh, but one of except
1: Michael- why didn't you just read the first three books? Then I'm sorry. You know.
0: Then uh, Michael's childhood friend Celine uh, is presumed captured or uh, kidnapped, and it turns out that uh, he- she's his sister because his dad, who beat him up, uh, also slept with his like the dad's best friend's wife, having Celine, and then uh, didn't tell her or whatever.
1: Yeah, not only do we have to have a traumatic backstory for every character, but like everyone in their traumatic backstory has to have a traumatic backstory. Yeah,
0: and they all have to be connected in some way. Yeah. So Celine runs away, is what it comes out to, but we think she's been captured by the uh, masters, it's called. And so they go to the crime scene to figure out what's happened. You were painting something in italics. This is her tr- looking at the paintings of Celine, trying to figure out what she's trying to tell them through these paintings. And since it's not. I ran away. It turns out these people are bad at their jobs. (laughs) As I watched Celine, I tried to sink further and further into her perspective. For you, painting is a whole body endeavor. You move like you're dancing. You paint like it's a combat sport. First of all, combat. Those two
1: things are very different. And what is a combat sport?
0: I was going to say it's contact sport, but I think they meant UFC or something like that. The footage on the screen was black and white, but the resolution was excellent. Uh, She's watching a video you wipe the sweat from your brow with the back of your hand as do most people there's paint on your arms your face you take a step back and, and then stuff happens so this is the sort of second hand or second person profiling um ooh here's a fun thing uh go to let's see how many chapters this book had <laughs> it had 60, oh, 64 chapters, that including an epilogue.
1: Too many chapters.
0: And it was like a every two every two button pushes is another percent. Yeah. So it they were t- absolutely tiny chapters. Uh, uh, then it's the the time of uh, really overwrought teenness. That's what profilers did. We submerged ourselves in the darkness again and again and again, thinking like criminals. Basically, and this isn't the quote, but thinking like criminals, basically. Makes us criminals. Uh, I want, yeah, go over which is
1: especially okay and totally normal and fine because we're teens. Yeah. Uh,
0: I want to go over the scene again. Dean continued. Something about this doesn't feel right. Nothing feels right, I thought. And then deep inside me, something whispered, nothing ever will. Oh,
1: you were not joking about the overwrought nature of this. I
0: would give everything I had to this case. I'd give and give until the girl I'd been, the girl Dean had loved, was gone, worn away like a sandcastle, swept out with the tide.
1: That is so dramatic.
0: Oh, this book, like, you, Dirk. Uh, because you got it for me on a not super great set of weeks in class, uh, and so I was tired of teenagers and then you made me come home and have to read teenagers. I
1: did it on purpose. I
0: may be I may not be an emotion reader, but I know you. Right now, Dean, I don't even know myself. Oh my god. Uh, no. it turns out that, uh, our main character has a half-sister because while she's a captive... Because uh,
1: everyone's related.
0: Basically. While her mom's a captive, the masters force themselves on her and she gives birth to Laurel, the half-sister that they later save, but it turns out it's bait the whole time. Oh, no! Laurel is four years old. Reached-
1: she, oh, okay. So she's not also a teen FBI agent?
0: No, she's four years old. Laurel reached out a tiny hand to touch my cheek. You're pretty, she said, like mommy. She stared and and into me with unsettling intensity. Is your blood pretty too?
1: Creepy. Is she a vampire?
0: No, that would be cool. It's like, look at this creepy little girl and then it's doesn't turn out to make any sense. Uh, bright, okay. So, the masters are supposed to kill people on the Fibonacci dates. Now, you know the Fibonacci sequence, right? I do indeed. What are the numbers of the Fibonacci sequence? Zero,
1: one, three. No, zero, mm-hmm.
0: 1 one two three five eight yeah 13 18 because it's
1: like you add up the previous two yeah yeah
0: right so they get killed on Fibonacci dates and if Fibonacci dates were a thing it would be like January 1st right one one
1: yeah. and then
0: two three right so February 3rd and then five or May 18th right or May 8th yeah right? and then
1: pretty soon you're gonna run, run out, out of months. dates because
0: or Is it the days that are the numbers? So, like, they have to kill two people on January 1st, one on January 2nd, uh, a third one on January 3rd, and then 5th, 8th, 13th, and then they keep going throughout the rest of the year. It turns out it's neither of these. Bryce had been killed on April 2nd four, which does not appear in the Fibonacci sequence. Okay. Uh, On April 2nd, the next two Fibonacci dates were 4-4 and 4-5. How
1: does that make sense?
0: It, it doesn't. doesn't.
1: Yeah,
0: four isn't in the Fibonacci sequence at all. And if it was, the whole thing about it's just the number of the day, then it would not July, be April. three days in a week in one week. Yeah. By April, right? Yeah. It does. It's not. It doesn't make any sense. It's just flat out fucking wrong. Like it's not even like uh, bad writing. It's just like that's wonder, not what the Fibonacci sequence. I wonder
1: is. if it's like she, they was trying to be a little bit Dan Brown, where they're like, I'm gonna put. Things that are seemingly really complicated to make this seem like a big mysterious oh, thing. Oh,
0: that yep, that's the book, baby. Yeah,
1: love uh, that. And so every put, are there weird cryptic references to Catholicism?
0: Uh, no, but to uh, one religious cult because there's a second cult because the first one, Aaliyah's backstory wasn't good enough.
1: Oh, was the second one even more traumatic?
0: Uh, she in she sneaks in because she knows how to handle cults and they're like you need to get her out of there like she would just go slip i i never understood over i never understood cults because it's like just i know that there are four people who are looking for something because they usually ha- are having other trouble in their lives and yeah. i've lived a very good steady stable life and so i it's not for on me to judge but i've never just under. i've never understood it and so it's like she can't slip back in i'm like how could someone whose entire fucking backstory is that she came from a terrible awful cult and hated it be it whatever that's nothing. I'll get back to that. And then it turns out that the masters have like a quasi religious whole ritual based thing.
1: Yeah, of course. Naturally.
0: So she, uh, it turns out that the chase is a wild goose chase for Celine, but it turns out that she's a big natural as well. Whoa? She's really hot. and Which one's stuff. Celine again? She's the one that kidnapped herself, the artist. Oh, yeah, okay. And she only paints faces. One time, she painted a painting. With a knife. How fucked up is that? It's like oh. Bob Ross uses knives. <laughs> and he's like
1: the least fucked up person in the world. He does have a bill. missing
0: finger. So. Yeah. And a coke nail.
1: Oh, Bob. But it
0: was the 70s, so we'll forgive him for both. Um, So then... Selena turns out is a big natural as well. Mm-hmm. With facial recognition <gasps> and facial recreation, she can mm-hmm. take a look at a skull and draw the person's face. And that's not how it fucking works. No,
1: that's there's not because enough how help.
0: fat mm-hmm. was that person? Fat does not show up on a what skull. What was their
1: hair color? What was their eye color? What was their skin tone?
0: How big was their nose? You have a hole yeah. in the face for Did your nose. Do they have
1: full lips or thin lips? Yup. Did they have facial hair?
0: Yup. So very stupid, but she's going to get invited in. And so then they go to – they start to figure out they've already captured one of the masters or whatever, and they begin to figure out his details because uh, Sloan, the autistic savant, uh, hacks into the social security network. Mm, and it turns out it's, some
1: good it's this
0: old uh, archive that they had, and it's like, hey, uh, I don't think social security net- or numbers are stored in an old no. archive.
1: Did she did she hack by just like sitting in a computer oh, it's and off typing screen. really fast? We don't oh, see man.
0: it Um and then we go to the the killer's hometown and would you believe it, these memories keep slamming into Cassie. She used to <gasps> live here with her mom. Why?
1: Everything's connected. And it
0: turns out as far as I can fucking put it back together. <laughs> turns out that there's this cult in the town. It's a town in Oklahoma. Yeah, no, that and actually tracks. They're what, well, everything is evil. Every person they run into is somehow foreboding. It's like true detective, but like without any of the good writing.
1: Yeah, you're, you're going to have someone in the town who's just like, I, I'm just the postman. I yeah. just
0: deliver the mail. And so they go about the town and they're they're chasing leads and stuff. And there's this cult, and they find out that the cult has, the the person who's a perfect liar comes back from the cult and has memorized and drawn schematics to scale. And the savant then turns them into blueprints. And it's like, hey, that's what a drawing of a building to scale already is, is blueprints. Yes. Why did you need to you draw them into blueprints. And okay. then they find out that there's a hidden wall in the chapel, uh, and go. And then she brings back the fact that they're dosing the people in the cult with some sort of opioid or whatever, so they bust in the gate of the cult and search the premises, and this hidden wall is containing a staircase, and there's two dead bodies <gasps> down there. Not two dead and bodies! And so we're trying to figure out why did this serial killer that was part of the Masters come from this town, and what's the connection with Cassie's mom, who later gets kidnapped by the same and serial killer And who these
1: people? two dead bodies. And who
0: are these people? That's near the end.
1: But we can just find the artist and we can show her the bones and she can tell us exactly what the face looked like.
0: Yes. And so she shows us both of what the faces are. Oh,
1: that's actually what happened? Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so, no, never let it be said that this person does not understand, at the very least, Chekhov's guns. Um, And so then it turns out that there had been a murder long ago in the past of this kid watched his parents being killed. And he grew up to be the master because obviously trauma, uh, no, uh, obviously trauma turns you into a serial killer Mm -hmm. and all fingers are pointing towards Cassie's mom's boyfriend from this town, who is the son of the cult leader, uh, that, uh, His family isn't somehow related to it, Uh, but it turns out he had a secret twin this entire time, and it was the secret twin that was torturing animals uh, around town that the little kid that watched the parents being killed uh, was friends with, and so a lot of the blame from the FBI uh, now is falling on the kid doing it. And then the grandpa would never give him up, would never say who did it, but he was stabbed like a billion times but managed to live through it. And then it turns out that, uh, no, actually, it was the granddad that killed his daughter and her husband and made the kid watched and raised him to be the assassin. And the secret twin who's in the buried underneath the, the chapel in the cult thing doesn't actually matter to the overall plot at all. It was a red herring on top of a red herring on top of whatever.
1: Just like communism. If I had a teen... I would not want them to read a book with this much murder and trauma. It's like
0: criminal minds times four. It's like not everyone's going around murdering each other. Most murders are out of passion, not out of some weird ritualistic. So three other people have died while they're trying to figure this out. uh, And they're beginning to target people uh, tangentially related to the people in the Big Naturals program. uh, The masters are because it's the mom piloting and she wants to warn her daughter to stay away. Just give up. Um, and so it turns out the grand- why are
1: there teens in the FBI? And so it turns
0: out the granddad stabbed himself that billion times to draw to get attention Shh. off of himself, Jesus. and he retired from the masters, but raised Mason the the poison master to be his replacement, uh, and then. So Mason got captured, and it turns out that there was another another, uh, the guy who stabbed himself a bunch wasn't the Poison Master. He was like the Master Master. And then was like, well, then who's the Poison Master? They ask at the diner with the nice lady who they've been talking to the entire time and drink coffee, and it's Poison! <gasps> no! The Poison Master! And so she goes unconscious and wakes back up, which is not how uh, anything works. Uh, but she's been captured by the Masters. And her friends are, like, going unconscious around her as she's passing out. And if you were a ritualistic suicide, or ritualistic murder cult uh, that had the FBI hot on your tails, and you had all of them drugged and unconscious, and you wanted to talk to one, what would you do with the rest?
1: I mean, tie them up or...
0: you kill, kill him, them, right? Yeah. You're a murderer. Yeah. yeah, of course you would. No, she apparently just leaves them just, just there and takes the Cassie and leaves the rest of them to come save her later. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and so Cassie then wakes up in the Masters and she's like, oh, you guys. And then this very fun thing happens that there's this guy who wants to talk to her and she's in shackles. There's, there's four different rooms with shackles. Not like I'm handcuffed to a radiator, but there are shackles in the wall. Gross. And it's like, get imaginative, lady. So, this guy wants to talk to her and says, I told you once, the hooded figure intoned, that if you gaze long enough into the abyss, the abyss will gaze back into you. Frederick Nietzsche, I recognize the quote and the haughty, overblown delivery. T.A. Jeff? T.H.F.? No, T.A., as in teacher's assistant. Jeff? As even better.
1: My God. Even better.
0: J.E.O.F.F. T.A. Joff? Uh yeah and so it's Jeffrey and so we get I
1: hate it. The
0: upcoming knife master who's replacing a different master who uh Cassie's mom killed in the middle of a chapter break. Um, I
1: hate it.
0: Uh yeah, is one of the masters and she refers to him as T A Jeff. T. A. Jeff. Um yeah, and so she gets captured and then the diner lady uh puts poison on her neck to make her in terrible 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 pain and she's clawing at her neck and she passes out from the pain and then the masters keep her alive because and it turns out it's the fbi director like who's the guy the, like james comey that guy <laughs> is part of the masters serial killer thing and so that's why they had to go on this wild goose chase with the whole cassie thing is because they were getting too close and they needed something to keep them busy And so he's the leader of the fucking FBI, and he's in a ritualistic serial killer. Like, you don't just get to go... Oh, and by the way, everyone's always, like, leaving their phone dead or going off by themselves. It's like, you're in the fucking FBI for a ritualistic... Suicide, They're murder. They're not gonna cult. let that happen. You can't just go off on your own. Like it keeps happening. The other girl like kidnaps herself again, and they all think she's been killed again. It's like you can't do that. But this no is what one, you
1: ha- happens when you hire teens. No one in ever the gets FBI. mad at each other.
0: They're not like, hey, shape the fuck up. <laughs> you can die. There's like, I was really worried about you. And then a g- different guy says, oh, she's not lying. And it's like, oh, cool moment. Okay. My phone's dead. I'm going to go off by myself. So, yeah, now she's special because she's seen trauma throughout her life, Cassie is. And so, they're going to raise her to be the next Pythia or whatever, the leader of this thing that also gets tortured, to whatever. The mom's tortured. Great. And so, they're going to make them fight in an arena with <laughs> knives mom against daughter and mom's like i'm not your mom i'm a different part of her personality she had all along because when she yeah, was that's growing, how
1: multiple when she
0: was her. growing up in her abusive household she retreated into the, her mind but i had to experience why? it all
1: so much trauma why and
0: because the uh, b- books um and so then they're in this arena with like hooded figures and stone seats around them like and then palpatine came out up. And it turns out that Cassie is Palpatine's granddaughter. (laughs) Not quite that bad. (laughs) Um, And so then they're going to fight with knives. And the mom is like, I'm not your mom. I'm not Lorelai, which is the name of the mom. So I just kept imagining Gilmore Girls. Or my niece, uh, I'm Pythia, or I'm I'm Cassandra, and that's why your name's Cassandra, because somewhere deep down your mom knew about me or something like that. And so there's two women with the same name are going to fight each other. Uh, and then Cassie's like, I'm not going to fight you. You're my mom. And the serial killer is like, what? oh my gosh, and she refers back into Lorelai, and she can't do it. That's
1: exactly how that works.
0: And then the uh, Masters bring down uh, Laurel, the uh, half-sister that said was your blood pretty.
1: We have a Laurel and a Lorelai and And two Cassandras.
0: Uh, And only three people. (laughs) Um, So they're going to fight, and then they bring down the little girl, and they're like, we're going to kill her if you don't fight. And the mom's like, You gotta kill me. And the daughter's like, I'm not gonna kill you. And then she's like, No, you gotta do it. And she grabs the knife from her daughter and stabs herself in her. She's like, Will they come find you? And she's like, Yes. So she grabs the knife from their daughter and, like, Jesus. hiding it so that they can't see she did. She stabs herself with the daughter in the way so it looks like the daughter stabbed <gasps> her. And she holds her mom as her mom dies, like killing a dragon. Oh! And yeah. she's like, And it, there's like a moment where she's like oh no i killed my mom and then the doors burst open and the fbi runs in because they're here to save her and it's like hey
1: couldn't have come in 30 seconds earlier if
0: you had held out for 15 more seconds your mom would be alive and in jail and so then there's this whole thing about you understand that sometimes the big sacrifice is not about the one being hurt but the one doing the hurting and being around afterwards it's like shut the fuck up dean and then it, the several people get shot, and the reason, get this, the reason why they could find the masters that they had spent for, I assume, other books trying to find, is because Laurel, her dad, since she's the half-sister. Oh, no. Was the FBI director, and it was Celine put two and two together because she can read faces so good. And so then it's the uh, agent for the FBI, who's also his daughter that runs the naturals program, put two and two together and chased the dad and found out where they were.
1: Why is this a teen book?
0: Because everything is intertwined. I want you to think about, you know how in in The Hunger Games, uh, how Katniss is mostly fine, but like everyone loves, like she's always really powerful and she's smarter than the adults in the room. Yeah. I want you to think about what teens think they're able to do. Lie effortlessly and tell when other people are lying. Hide their emotions but see other people's. And then uh, know what everyone's thinking about them. Yeah. And so it's like the superpowers that teens think they have but clearly don't. (laughs) Uh, This is the FBI director talking at the very end. For some of us, the director said, his voice low and smooth, this has never been about murder. For some, it's always power.
1: Everything's about power.
0: Everything's sex except for sex. Sex, sex is about power, power. Uh, at one point it said well poison is st- statistically a woman's weapon it's like no it's stereotypically a woman's yeah, weapon
1: not statistically
0: i don't know maybe statistically but whatever it's all
1: so that was big naturals what a dumb book i thought i was i thought they don't when curse I... in
0: it though it's oh, hilarious
1: was it like fake curse words
0: no it just says what the bleep it says bleep in italics so That's it's really so funny annoying. it's like hey this woman is being tortured over and over again. She's being raped by multiple people. She is like a baby. She has to condemn other people to die against her will. Seven different cases of uh, abuse from parents or or whoever. Uh, self-mutilation, suicide, uh, ritualistic stuff, cults, uh, all sorts of emotional abuse. But heaven forbid we say shit.
1: <laughs> I honestly... It's the
0: ultimate in, in Dennis Franz's butt being the scandalous thing about a murder show.
1: I feel Ugh. bad because when I started in this realm of getting you teen lit, I thought it was going to be fun. And the books I've gotten you so far, well, I suppose the season was pretty fun. You like pretty that fun, one. yeah. Um, but the Sadie Robertson book and this, not very fun.
0: No, it turns out I'm a bad person. Uh, this is the same thing that when I'm teaching makes me show clips from like, Saving Private Ryan on the Omaha... Like, I'm talking about D-Day. Here's Saving Private Ryan, and there's a guy's guts hanging out, and it's fake, but it still looks real. Here's the actual footage of JFK getting his head blown open. Yeah. Here's a footage from ISIS, and thankfully I reached the pause button just in time to prevent you from watching a beheading. I might get in trouble for showing you a YouTube video where a guy says fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh, history of the world or history of Japan by Bill Words is actually a really good history of Japan. Uh, but he but does say he says, say, the F word he says "fuck sometimes. ton" at least once. <laughs> Did I say "shit ton"? I meant "fuck ton" of soldiers. <laughs> and it's pretty funny, but oops. Helpful hints to your teachers or would be teachers out there. If you think to yourself, I'm pretty sure this doesn't have swearing, it probably has some swearing. If you say to yourself, I'm pretty sure it's a limited amount of swearing, it's a lot of swearing. swearing. When I was a kid, I was like, oh, clean versions of stuff are so stupid, it sounds better. And now I'm like, what could I play on my Spotify with kids in the car? What? There's like. I think you should get to vote when you think mushrooms taste good. But I think you should get a second vote when you realize that uh, there's too many swear words and things now.
1: (laughs) Would you like to go smoke the pipe out on our porch in your rocking
0: chair? It's negative six degrees outside. (laughs) Uh, That's going to do it for this week. I hope you guys are staying warm out there. Indeed. I hope everyone is doing fine as uh, we... I keep telling myself it's the most positive thinking I've had in months uh, because it's like it will get warm again.
1: It will get warm again.
0: It will. It has to.
1: It's also the days are getting longer and longer every day.
0: Yeah, it's the Fibonacci sequence, right?
1: It's the Fibonacci sequence. Have
0: have fun on your next Fibonacci date, which is obviously 2-18-2-1. <laughs> um. But we hope that you guys are doing great out there. You can find me on Twitter at Dickie Ma. That's D-I-C-K-I-M-A-A.
1: I'm on Twitter at Susan J. And the intro to our podcast, the intro music to our podcast is Babe Babe of the the Night Night by by the the band Band Elixir Elixir off of of their album Rampant. Rampant. Good night, night, someone.